Okay, let's get into today's message. I want to talk to you today about the heart of worship. The heart of worship. When we're talking about the state of our heart, last week we talked about the matter of the heart, that God is more interested in your heart than he is your actions. And we're kind of kind of follow that up today. But we all worship something. We talked about that last Sunday. All of us in this room worship something. And how do I know what I'm worshiping is how do you respond to what you value the most? What do you do? And, and how you respond to what you value the most shows you where and what you're worshiping. And, and if your mind, your emotions, your, your thoughts, your energy, it, wherever it's going, the most is what you're worshiping. And here's, here's the fact. God does not mind you having other things in your life that you love and enjoy other than him. He, he doesn't mind that at all. He, he likes you to have things. You're, I'm a passionate hunter. Anybody know that by now? Matter of fact, after the third service today, I am on a plane to Kentucky. And in the morning at 5 o'clock, I am in a tree stand 30 foot up in the air in Kentucky going, pray for me, Jesus. Help a big one come by. Amen. And uh, I'm passionate about it. You go to my house, I have more camo than I do regular clothes. That's a fact. I have more shoes for hunting than I do regular shoes. Amen. I love hunting, but not more than Jesus. Okay, you with me? And so you, Jesus doesn't mind you having hobbies. He doesn't mind you having other things that you're very passionate about as long as you don't worship them more than him. You with me? My wife says shopping. God help her. We're praying for deliverance. Amen. And uh, <laughs> that's why I can only go for a few days because I don't know what she's doing in that mall when I'm gone. All right? And so anyway, you worship something, right? And so here's what I want to do today. We're going to quickly get into this, that many of you come from an unchurched environment. You know, when I grew up in church, everybody knew Amazing Grace, and everybody knew John 3.16, and that's not the case today. And so many of you, I want to help some of you today pastorally. Many of you have come into the church. You've come out of Catholicism. Anybody come out of Catholicism? That's a good thing. Amen. Amen. And, and we got so many different religions here that people have come from different styles and cultures. And some of you came out of nothing. I mean, just totally no church background whatsoever. And you come into, I sympathize with some of you coming into a building like this going, whoa, whoa. Like, what is going on? This is not, anybody have that happen when you come in here? Like, I thought I was walking in a pretty traditional church the way it looked on the outside. And then, bam, when you come in, it's like, nope, ain't nothing traditional about it. Okay? And so I can sympathize. I remember Darren and Valerie's, we played their video the other day. And when they came on the first time, they were like, we walked by and the windows were shaking. You know, we've kind of took the shook out of the windows. Okay? Or shake out, not the shook, the shake out of the windows and, and try to help with that so we didn't freak people out. But I want to talk to you today on what does real worship look like because it's important that we know what God wants and then there's some of you that grew up in church like me and you have a traditional concept and mindset of what worship is supposed to look like and some of it's not biblical and I want us to talk today because how many knows if we're going to do it let's do it the way heaven asks for it Amen? And so I want to talk to you about that today, okay? And so I want to take you on a journey. It's kind of funny because a, a young boy come up to me Wednesday night, and uh, Darren and Courtney, they invited some people, and they invited people, and I don't know how, how far down the invite's been, but anyway, he came up to me, this kid, 11 years old, Wednesday night after family night worship, and he run up to me after service. He goes, this is awesome, just like that. I mean, he was in football stands, you know, like, this is awesome. This is amazing, and this is great. I wrote down the three words so I could quote him this morning. He said, I have never been in a church where they was worshiping and singing like this. 
I said, I never used words like that when I was 11 years old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're using cool and neat, not awesome and amazing and great. And he goes, I'm going home. I said, how long you been here? He says, my first night here, but I'm telling my mom and we're coming together next week. And then I got the whole story of how they got here. He was 11 years old. Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes. And, and we've got to come. And so I want to help you today understand some things about worship. Go to our text, Luke 19. I'm going to go quick now. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, this is Jesus now. This is, uh, we're now on Palm Sunday, the week before Easter, where Jesus is going to enter the city on the cult. He came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives. The whole crowd of disciples began, disciples being what? Followers of Jesus. They began to what? Joyfully praise God in a loud voice or voices for all the miracles that they had seen. God done anything in anybody's life around here worth praising him about? Okay. All right. Now watch this. So here they are, the followers of Jesus. They've all, they're in a loud voice praising God as he comes into the city for all the miracles that they had seen. Here they are. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They're screaming out loud and they're yelling at Jesus. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But there were some folks got bothered by it. Some of the Pharisees, which are religious people, religious rulers, some of the Pharisees in the crowds came to Jesus and said, Jesus, this ain't how we do it in our church. This isn't how we worship. This, they're going too far. They're loud and they're obnoxious and they're screaming. And Jesus, teacher, you need to rebuke your disciples. You need to tell them to calm down. Jesus' response, I tell you this, if they keep quiet, the stones are going to start crying out. Because my creation was created to worship me. And I want to talk to you today about what that worship is supposed to look like. There's so many questions out there on what style of worship does God really want. And it's really not about style at all. It's about the heart. But I want to talk to you today, and to answer that question, we go to the book of Psalms, which is called the book of songs. It happens to be the largest book in the Bible, 150 chapters but it's about worship. And if it's the largest book in the Bible, it might be a topic that God has some real interest in. And so I want us to go through this book today because the book of Psalms gives us an example if you go through the whole book of exactly what worship should look like. All through the book of Psalms, you hear shouting, you hear dancing, clapping of hands, there's noise, it's loud, it's energy, it's exuberant, it's emotional. Now, I almost had them play a video here, but I don't want to freak some of you out. Take it a little too far, you know what I'm saying? But there's a video on Facebook about this church where they're in their worship service, and the guy jumps up in the thing and starts slinging his jacket, and people are running all over me with jumping all over pews, and the guy even runs up and throws his jacket and hits the song leader, and he's trying to get out from under. And then the guy runs up on the stage and jumps over the wall in the baptism tank. Do not do that here. Security will take you out. They have my permission right now. Take them outside, get them a psych ward. That's not what I'm looking for. Neither is God. He's trying to deliver you from that. You with me? 
You feel me here today? So don't sit here and go, okay, what does he really want me to do? Not that. Not that, okay? And so what I want you to do is see that Jesus wants you to enjoy your salvation. He wants to enjoy your worship, all right? And so here, here's the thing. Remember all those things I just named Psalms talks about? If you do those on a Saturday morning for your ball team, and you should, you're called a fan. He's a real fan right there, tailgating, got the ribs on, yelling, screaming, fussing. I mean, got their car all gatored out, got their whole houses knolled out. And, you know, I mean, it's, you got it, and that's okay because you go to mine, it's camoed out, all right? But that, that's okay. But if you do all that for your ball team, you're called a fan. You do all that in church on Sunday, you're called a fanatic. Oh, them folks at that church, they done going crazy. No, we're just a fan for Jesus, you know? And so here's what I want you to see. The Old Testament is written in this thing called Hebrew. And whenever you see Hebrew, Hebrew had to be translated. We have the original manuscripts today. And, and in those manuscripts, it had to be translated into English. And here's what we found out in Hebrew and in Greek, but especially Hebrew because Hebrew is pictorial. Anytime Hebrew's words were written, they were written to paint a picture, but here's the problem. Every time there's a Hebrew word, it will take paragraphs of English words to give us a picture of what that one word is trying to say in Hebrew. And so you can take one Hebrew word, and I may have to come up here with three paragraphs of English terms to get you to understand what the meaning of that one word is because it paints a whole picture. And so what I want to do today is go through the book of Psalms, and I want to take the seven Hebrew words, and we're going to take you on a Hebrew course today. I don't normally do that. Is that okay with you? Good. Thank you, since you agreed. All right. We're going to take you on a Hebrew course today, and I want you to get a picture, because that's what the Hebrew does. I want to paint a picture today of what our worship should look like, biblically. You ready? Okay, and so let's go on this ride today. Here's the seven words, and we're going to give them to you and explain them, and I just want to paint a real quick picture of what the Bible says God wants our worship to look like. Now, you can be up here in a suit and tie and an organ and a hymnal, and it can look like that. You can be up here in jeans and lights behind you and a fog machine going, and it can look like that because worship's not only what I do outwardly, it comes from who I am inwardly. You with me? And so let's go on a ride today. Number one, the first word is called tehila. Now, it's not tequila, <laughs> though the outcome will look the same. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm liking this church already now. <laughs> now I know why they're growing. You know, if somebody told someone, they said, that church over there in Fairfield, they're growing because they have a pool on the roof. This is a true story. We were told this. They're growing because there's a pool on their roof. I said, have you ever looked at our roof? The pool's out of water. <laughs> Tehila, which means exuberant singing. Exuberant singing. It's that go gators, get them nose. You got them tigers. Tide, roll, tide. Doing the same thing on Sunday morning. Go Jesus, you got this, God. You're the man. We're on the winning team. We're going to win today. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what he's talking about there. You don't see people in a tailgate party going, don't be so loud. Don't. <laughs> Don't get that. Mm, you're kind of taking it too far. Hey, some Gator fans over there are going to get upset if you get too loud. Don't, don't roll tide too much. I don't hear anybody doing that. Then don't do it in church. 
He said, it's an exuberant singing. When I come to worship God, I come. When that countdown clock's going, we should already have a countdown clock going in our spirit, going 10, 9, 8, 7. We're fixing to join with over 500 people in this building today, giving exuberant praise of singing unto God. I've come to join the fan club of heaven today. I've come to celebrate with some people because I've seen the miracle power of God in my life. And I've come today to sing with an exuberant heart and spirit and give my praise and glory to God. That's what he's saying. That's the picture God wants you to see in Psalms 108, 1 and 3. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people and I will sing praises. And the word there in the Hebrew is tehillah. I'm going to sing with exuberant. I'm going to come with an exuberant heart. I'm going to sing with energy praises unto you among the nations. That's the first thing God wants you to see is that your praise when you walk in here. And I know many of you are new. Don't freak out. I'm not, all of these, you're probably not going to start next Sunday. You know, don't, don't freak out and go, well, I'm not ready for that. Then that's okay. Just be who you are right now. But just get a picture. Start getting a picture of what God is saying I want from you. And, and just start grabbing. It'll get in your big toe. You just keep coming long enough and you'll start patting with us. And, you know, before you know it, the knee starts moving. And, then it gets in your hips. <laughs> and then you do the open palm thing. And then nobody's looking. Oh, then I'm okay. I'm cool. <laughs> and you're right here with us acting like a fool. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I could do that, did you? <laughs> I didn't either. I'm hurting already. That was worth coming to church for, and we hadn't took an offering yet. Was it together? Okay. Number two is Toda. You didn't know you could have so much fun in church, see? Thought you had to get drunk to do this. Toda means to lift hands in adoration. He wants you to see the picture. The first thing God wants you to see is I just want you to come with exuberant energy in your singing. Just come and give me all you've got, man. Just, just be exuberant in your singing. And, and then I want you to know, I want you to lift some hands in adoration. Two of the seven words that's used in the Psalms for praise talks about lifting up our hands to God. One is where we come and, and we're stalling him. We're going, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man, God. And the other ones, when we humble ourselves before him and say, I'm surrendering myself to you, kind of like we were doing a moment ago. I just give myself to you, God. And, and some of you, that's a little hard. You know, you got you to gotta do, I'm, I'm open palm, and then I'm carrying the TV, you know, and then I'm fixing the shower rod. And now I got there. You know, you just kind of work your way up. And, and, and the thing is, is why do I, someone asked me weeks ago, they said, Pastor, why do you all raise your hands at church? And I said, because God likes it. Now, I can go get all the theological stuff you want and go through the scripture, but God likes it. His word tells us. He loves for us. How I many has got a little baby, man? And that day that he runs up to you and goes, Daddy, and you're like, oh, you are the man. Yeah. Forget mommy. Daddy, daddy. You know, he's got them hands in the air. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just like, we're there now. We're there now. You, anything you want. And that's what God's saying. I, I want you to just come and lift your hands to me. And, and it's Bible. It's scriptural. In Psalms 63, 4, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. God wants you to lift your hands to him sometimes in worship. And it doesn't mean every time, 
but sometimes just try it. Just, just start because that's what God wants. And, and then number three, Shabbat. Shabbat means to address, to praise in a loud tone or to shout. Here's one thing I want you to understand. Not one word dealing with praise or worship in the scripture has anything to do with being quiet or still. Prayer does. Now, prayer, you see it all through prayer. But in praise and worship, there's not one word that identifies us with quiet or still. Everything's about energy and motion when we're giving praise to Jesus. Because that's what he wants. Amen? Are you with me today? And so as we look at that, we want you to know that God wants you to, to enjoy your worship. He wants you to come and you got it, God. I praise you, God. I worship you, God. You're the man. You've changed my life. You've worked miracles in my heart. God says, it's okay. Come to church. Come to church and, and just shout it loud. And, and heaven's okay. It can handle a little noise. You really, really can. He can handle some window shaking. He, he can handle it, and God loves it when he feels energy from his people coming together and worshiping God, and it's okay to sing out loud. And some of you are afraid because you can't sing. We're not asking you to get on the stage. That's not happening, all right? And if we see everybody moving away from you every Sunday, uh, we'll find you a spot over here somewhere, but that's not going to happen either because most of them can't sing either. Just make a joyful noise. Let it out because it's for him. Don't be afraid to worship him with your voice and with your sound. Psalm 63 says, because your love is better than life, better than my family, better than ball game, better than beach, better than my boat, better than hunting or shopping. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. It's an energy, it's an expression unto God. Number four is Zamar, which means making music to God with strings. And you know what the picture is of that in the Hebrew? It's like James up there on that bass, and these guys and Chris and them on their guitars. It's not play it, it's like pluck that bad boy. Just rip it. What's another young word? Huh? I don't even know what that. I'm afraid to say that one. I don't know what I'm saying. Rip it, all right? Just play the bad boy, James. Come on, just just hit them strings. It ain't like we want it. We just want to be in the background. No, you want to play that thing when you're playing it for God, and that's what God's saying. I want you to just, you know, it, it's it's loud in here. I understand that. And and someone asked me one time. They said, "You gonna quieten it down?" I said, "No, that ain't happening." They said, "Why?" And I said, "Cause this is what Jesus likes." He likes it like that. You never asked the bar to quieten it down when you was a drunk. <laughs> I never have any sinners come in here that get saved saying, kind of rowdy in here, preacher. <laughs> it's them church folks that grew up in church all their life going, Jesus, you're just so sweet. No, nah, you got saved out of Sunday school. The rowdy folks got saved out of sin, and we're going to let Jesus know we're thankful for it. Number five is Barak. Barak, which means to bless by kneeling or bowing. And you'll see people sometimes where God just begins to overwhelm them in worship. And you might see them go down to their knees and just worship God. That happens a lot in my personal worship time. And just kneel before God. And, but it's always an action. It's always a movement of giving ourselves to God. And we see that in Psalms 95.6. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
There's times that God just overwhelms us that we just get in his presence and find ourselves on our knees before God. I mean, he's glad you serve an amazing, powerful God. And, and, and you know, I, I, I find myself often during the week, I'll come in here when no one's here and, or they'll be in the office and we keep music playing here often and, and I'll just ease in and find me up here a place and just pray and pray for you and pray for the city and our nation and, and praying for our church and, and I'll get into some worship and I'll walk all, I love to walk when I pray and so I walk and pray throughout the building and then I, I'm in worship and before I know it I'm kneeling somewhere in this building you're just kneeling before God and just telling him how awesome and amazing and how grateful I am that I get to do this I get to preach the gospel I, I, I get to husband an amazing beautiful Christian wife I, I get to pastor the greatest group of people in the nation I, I just want to you're just so amazing God your blessings and favor are unmerited in my life and, and you find yourself just acknowledging his kingship and his lordship in your life. And God says, yeah, there's that time to do this. And, and then there's times I would just, just kneel before me and honor me and who I am. Number six is yada. Yada. Which means to acknowledge in public. To acknowledge in public that, that it comes in Psalms 138.1. I will yada. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. I, I will praise you, Father, with all of my heart. That, that I'm not ashamed of you, God, but I'm going to come and, and lift my hands. And, and many of you, it's like I was saying a while ago, you come to church and you're new to this. And, and I don't want you to feel any pressure. I want you to be you. And I really mean that. I, I don't want any of you to come in here and go, now next Sunday, pastor's going to judge me. if I, I'm not even watching you. My back's to you, okay? I'm up here doing my thing with Jesus, all right? And matter of fact, they were telling me the other day, because they know, don't ask me what I saw during worship, because my eyes are closed about 90% of the time because I'm just lost in it, man. And uh, But I'm not asking you to do anything for me. I just want you to know what God's asking for when he talks about worship, and then you start working that out with God and just let him start breaking down some of those fears, and one of them's doing it in a sanctuary in a public place. And I want to just encourage some of you to just start breaking that wall down, just step by step, just breaking it down, just a little pinky, you know, and just a little... You know, don't make me do that again, all right, because I'm already sore. But anyway, just, you know, just start moving into it and, and just be you, but acknowledge in a public place. And then number seven, the last one, is haleo. Haleo. And it means to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. And some of you were born to do that. <laughs> we already figured that one out. We know your personality, all right? And then some are not. They're just like, that's not me. And, and the thing is, is that he wants you to, let me give you a good explanation of, of Haleo. Is when our son Tommy was told, we were told Tommy was going to die. And if you're a guest, our son Tommy's here somewhere. He was on a motorcycle accident four years ago, given zero chance to live for 24 days, was on total life support, and uh, brain sheared in half, arteries ripped out of his heart. I mean, the whole deal. And, and we were told to turn him off for 24 days. He had zero chance to live. But on that 24th day, Jesus showed up. And God healed our son and started a journey of an amazing miracle. And I'm going to tell you something. We were down at the chapel when that news came. And I'm going to tell you, when I walked in that, that hospital room, that, that room Tommy was in, 
and they told me that my son's brain was now working. I was doing some Hillel praising in that room. I didn't care who heard. I don't care who cares. I don't care. I was going, you did it, God. You did it. You did exactly what you told us you were going to do. You did it, Father. That's Hillel praise. When you come to that point that you're going, God, I don't care who. I don't care what. All I know is I needed a miracle, and you broke through in my life, God, and I want to come and give you some exuberant, don't care, don't matter, anybody can hear it kind of praise, God, it's all for you. That's what it is. It's when God knows that, that you're in his mind, you're there. And so let's go to Psalms chapter 35, 18. I will give you thanks in this great assembly among the throngs. I will hallel, the word there is I will hallel praise you, O God. My heart is fixed, it's made up, my mind is set. I will sing and give praise, Zamar praise, even my glory. I will yada praise thee, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing Tehila unto thee among the nations. Four of the types of praises are used in one scripture where God's saying, I just want you to clap your hands, lift your hands, shout aloud. I want you to be exuberant in your praise. I want you to bow before me. I want you to get a picture of what worship and praise is supposed to look like. That's all God is saying. And so you see there's a love language. Anybody read the book, Love Language? My wife uses a lot in counseling. And You know what love language is? I need to learn my wife's love language, not mine. Because I already know mine. But I need to know hers because I need to speak in her love language so she receives it. And can I tell you, we've been trying to worship God through our language instead of what he wants to hear. Well, that ain't my kind of song. Well, maybe it's his. Well, that's just too loud. Well, maybe he likes it. Well, now they got that crying stuff going on. I wanted to clap hands. Well, maybe he's wanting some good old worship right now. You see, it's about a love language that pleases him, giving him what he wants to hear. You with me today, y'all? Not? Okay. All right, so there's some seven words. So what does God really want? Let me give them to you in 10 minutes, okay? Here's scripture. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. And, and, and so they, they, here's one of the guys now. He wants to come and get in an argument with Jesus. How I many those are always those people that just want to debate? All right, no life changes, want to debate you. And one of the teachers of the law, the religious crew, came and heard them debating and noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He said, I got a problem, Jesus. Because, see, we always refer to 10 commandments, but under the law, there's 440 of them. I mean, if you think 10's tough, the law is tough. Thank God for grace. Anybody with me? I mean, come on, 440. I mean, who can live that? You know, I'm still working on the 10, all right? And 440. So he says, I've got a problem of all these 440 commandments. Which one's the most important to you? He's trying to put Jesus on the spot. And Jesus answered him, and here's what he answered. Look at it now. He said, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answer, Jesus, is this. And we need to stop right there because when Jesus says this is the most important, we might want to stop and listen to it because there's some importance to it. What is it? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, and all of your strength. The most important law, rule, guideline, 
that God asks of us today. And why do I put this here? Because you see, this is more important to Jesus than all of the outward manifestations that you can do in worship. Because all of our outward manifestations of worship come from this. Right here. That if I love God with what? All of my heart and my soul and my mind and my strength. If I have that, God is the love. He's what I'm worshiping with everything that I am. Then however I do it is going to have meaning. If I don't have this, everything else is a Sunday show. And that's why we're struggling Monday through Saturday to hope to come back to church Sunday to get just enough to make it through six more days. When we should be so full when we leave here Sunday, watch out work Monday because we're showing up. Full of God and full of his grace. And so I want us to look at this real quick today because what does God want from us? What kind of worship does he really, really want? And here's what he says. And I wrote this on Facebook. I'm getting a lot of response, so it's been good. Christianity is not trying to live out the Bible. Christianity is falling in love with Jesus and then automatically beginning to do the things found in the Bible. Christianity's not trying to God's not Christianity's not trying to live out every concept of the Bible. Anybody ever tried that? It'll kill you. Christianity's fallen in love with Jesus with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. I've fallen in love with him with that. And then all of a sudden, I'm living out the scripture with joy, with happiness instead of sorrow and grief. And so I want to share with you three things here that Jesus said, really four, but in three statements that Jesus wants. Number one, he wants you to love him with all of your heart and your soul. You know what that is? Expressing our true affection to God. God just wants our affection. When we worship him, it's more than a hand clap. It's more than a shout. It's more than a raising of hand. It's about my affection. God's wanting my affection. He's wanting to know that I love him more than anything in the world. When I come to the place that I want you, God, to know how much I love you how much I honor you and how much you mean to me. Because the question is, what do I love the most? And I want you to answer that honestly. What do I love the most? Because what I love the most is what I worship. And how do I know what I love something the most? Is where are you putting the most of your energy, your time, your affection, your thoughts? Where, where, I love to hunt, but that doesn't get more time than I'm going to give to the kingdom. You, you may love to shop. You may love to run. You, you may love to do whatever, and those things aren't bad. I told you, God wants us to have other things in our life that we enjoy doing, that we actually love. But I've got to find out what is it that I love the most because that's what I worship. Whatever I worship is getting more of my thought, my energy, and my emotions through the day than anything else. And so when Jesus says, I want you to love me with all of your heart and your soul, he's talking about what are you affectionate about the most? Is it me? Because if you're that, then these other seven outward signs of worship are going to automatically happen at some point in your life. Number two, he said, I want you to love me with all of your mind. All of your mind. This, this is focusing my attention on God. Where my attention, anybody done it? You get up, man, you, you had your devotions, you're going to, to work, and you're at the red light, and all of a sudden, man, you get into a prayer meeting. 
Just like, where did that come from? And, and, and you, you're going down the road, and all of a sudden, tears are coming down your cheeks, and you're lost in a worship song. And, and what is it, man? My affection, Father. My, I'm, I'm coming to you with my mind. My mind's consumed with you, God. And, and yes, I'm thinking on, on the church. Yes, I'm thinking about families in the church. Yes, I'm trying to build a ministry. Yes, we're trying to do this. Yes, I'm trying to be a husband. Yes, I'm trying to be a father and a grandfather. Yes, I'm trying to do all this. But God, you know what? I'm centering my mind on you every day. Every day. My wife did this recently, and, and uh, this wasn't in the notes, but it worked pretty good this morning. But anyway, my wife will call me. We call each other a lot during the day, and uh, she's my best friend, and she says I am hers. But anyway, I think it's the life insurance policy. She knows coming. But anyway, but um, she... But she called me a few weeks ago. She called me and she said, what are you doing? And I was in a rush to go to a meeting. I was late too because of Brad. And, uh, and so I, I was running late and I'm going, I'm going to this meeting. I got this real important meeting I'm going to. What's up? What's up? And she knew I was trying to rush her. And she goes, nothing, nothing. She said, uh, I was just thinking about you. Just one call and tell you I was thinking about you. And I was like, you home alone. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. You know, I can cancel this meeting, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we don't have 11 people in our family because we like kids, all right? <laughs> Some of y'all got that. <laughs> Does my wife turn red? That ain't no knife, is it? That better not be no knife. But she was, <laughs> see, even Crystal's fanning. What'd she do? She shocked me with some affection, and it got my attention. But I'm saying, that's what God wants. Now that got a laugh out of you, that's all I wanted, and a pray for my wife type thing. But what am I saying? That's all God wants. I've got to close here, but you know what God's wanting to do? He's wanting to, that call during our day just going, you know what? I'm just thinking about you. I didn't come to you today to ask you for, I'm not coming to you because I need something. I'm just calling you because I just want to say, I was thinking about you today, God. I just thank you for being God of my life. I thank you that you consume my thoughts. That's what God said. I just want you to love me with all your mind. I want to own your mind. I want to own your attention. And that's what do I think about the most. What do I think about the most? That, that's what God wants to know is do you love him with all of your mind? Is he what you think about the most? And then last of all, and I close, he said, I want you to love me with all your strength. All your strength. That's where I use my abilities for God. I use my abilities for God that you do what you do as unto the Lord. You worship and bring honor to him with all that you do. And, and some of you are doing that on your ball field. We got some young guys here, man, playing ball. And they're amazing witness on the ball field. And, and some of you are doing it on your cheerleading squad. And some of you are doing it as parents in the stands with your kids. And, and some of you are doing it greeting at a door and working in a parking lot and serving out there. And, and you're doing it on the stage with your, a worship team. Wherever you're serving God, whenever you're giving something of yourself, 
yourself. You're giving your strength, your energy. Some of you are lifting weights. Pastor Ryan's fixing to lift in a competition for the first time, a power lifting. And you know what? He's doing it as unto the Lord as a testimony of what God's done in his life. Dave Bell just did the half Iron Man and, and, and completed that. And, and Atlanta. you know what? He did that as unto the Lord. What is he doing? God said, I just, whatever you do, I want you to do it with all of your strength when you do something for me. When you're representing me, just do the best you can do with what you've got. Represent me well. That's all God's saying. That's what I do the most. Where is your strength being used the most? Is it impacting lives of others? Is my strength being used to give honor to God and impact the lives of those that are seeking him out? And I close with Jeremiah 23, 19. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, you won't want. Excuse me. When you become serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Can we say that together? When you come looking for me, you'll find me. How many is thankful when you call on him, he's there? Yes, when you get serious about what? Finding me and want it more than anything else. That's all God's asking today. He's not asking you to quit life and come to church and stand here every day and raise your hands. He's just saying, make sure I'm the number one part of it every day. And worship me. When you come together to worship, give me the best you've got. Because that's what I want from you. This help any of you today? Amen. God wants us to put the icing on the cake, not just eat the cake. And he wants us to understand, get a picture of what worship is supposed to look like. It's lively. It's energetic. It's full of life. It's full of energy. It's going to be loud sometimes. It's going to be quiet sometimes in a sense of that honoring of God. But God just saying, I just really, all of that is wonderful. And yes, I want that. But more than anything, I want you to love me with all of your heart and your soul, your mind and your strength. That's what God wants more than anything. And then my worship outwardly will be automatic. It'll glorify him in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we love you today. And I thank you, God, for your amazing grace in our life. And I thank you, Lord, for these amazing people. And, Father, I just pray over them today that, God, you will bless them. And, Father, you will help us to become better in our worship better in our praise, God, that we want to give you the best we can with all that we've got. God, I pray over them right now. Maybe you're here. You say, Pastor Dan, someone brought me today, or I just pulled in on my own today, and I don't know Jesus. I'm not a bad person, but I find myself spiritually in a place that I'm not happy with, and I know I need to make a commitment to God today, and now I enjoy the worship today. I enjoy the life that I feel here and the freedom, and I don't feel judgment. I don't feel condemned. I just feel life today. And and today, I just need to make a decision for Jesus. And I just want to give him everything in my life today. And I want to start a brand new journey. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer with you. And if that's you right now, would you slip a hand right where you sit? You can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else will join these. And again, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to pray a prayer for you. But I just need you. God bless you, man. I just need Jesus in my life today, Pastor. I'm not a bad person. I just need to get on the right path, and I need Jesus to help me. Pray for me. Anyone else before we pray? God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. It's about seven hands. Anyone else before we? God bless you. God bless you, sir. Isn't God amazing? 
And if you raise your hand or you did not, would you pray this prayer with me? And we're going to pray it with you so you're not praying along. Say this prayer and just meet it in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you and confess with my mouth that you are Lord, believe in my heart that you raised from the dead, I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's give a hand clap to these that have prayed today.